Welcome to Viewpoints with Brenda. I'm your host, Brenda Ntambirwechi, and on this podcast, you'll hear plenty of conversations with African professionals, change makers, innovators, influencers, and entrepreneurs from all sectors. A recent report issued by Africa No Filter on how Africa covers Africa in the media reveals that 35% of the reports on Africa originate from non-African media outlets or news agencies, and that out of the top 25 most popular outlets, only seven of those are based on the continent. This could explain why it would appear that coverage of Africa in the global press and even sometimes on the continent itself is negative and sometimes frustratingly stereotypical. For some reason, there's just a coverage of Africa as a dark continent of unspeakable tragedies, which most of us know is not the case. These statistics obviously need to change, and this could happen if the negative stereotypical coverage of the continent is tackled firstly on the continent itself. On today's podcast, I chat with Raymond Mojuni, a journalist and current head of current affairs for the Nation Media Group in Uganda. He has 10 years experience covering sub-Saharan Africa with a focus on Kenya, Uganda, Rwanda, South Sudan and the DRC. So Raymond, welcome to the podcast. Tell us a bit about yourself, your background and how you got into media. Thank you so much. I've been practicing, I think, for 10 years. I've always been passionate about reporting and storytelling, particularly from the local communities. So I was pursuing a degree in law, but I was very passionate about journalism. And that's how I wound up in a full-time employment in in the newsroom. So I, I practiced a little bit with the Uganda Radio Network, which is a radio agency in Uganda that supplies news for all radio stations. And then eventually ended up at the New Vision, which is a state-owned paper. I was their first digital editor, sort of trying to figure out how the New Vision could transmit its news online, then through social media platforms. And after that, I wound up at the National Media Group, which is where I'm still at at the moment, and currently heading their current affairs portfolio. It's quite illustrious, Fremont. <laughs> so I'm just I'm going to get right into it. Why, in your view, do you think foreign media is so strong on the continent and how can this change? So the strength of, of foreign media is largely driven by audience perceptions and consumption patterns. And even the kinds of media houses that we're talking about are really the legacy media houses. We're talking about the BBC, we're talking about the Guardian, Washington Post and New York Times. Now, all through the years, the international press used to send what you call stringers to the African continent for the news stories that were developing on the continent. Initially, a lot of the news stories that were coming out of the continent, which were of interest to their audiences back at home, were stories on the level of trade that was happening between, for example, the Imperial British East African Company, with the Ugandan companies, the Tanzanian companies, and the Kenyan companies. So you find a lot of writings in the New York Times, for example. You find a lot of writings in in the Boston Globe or even on The Guardian talking about how Her Majesty's government was, through the years, executing the, the imperial agenda in Africa. Now, when Africa got its independence... A lot of international media then struggled to find a way to report the continent because they now didn't have an active presence on the continent in terms of their governments, but yet 
they had interests business interests which were by their own leaders back back in in the countries where they were coming from but also interests from people who had formed connections in africa now the post independent africa was really a violent africa you had a lot of civil wars happening because of the civil wars that were happening you had a breakdown in social services and that breakdown in social services contributed to rise in diseases and the like and that sort of became a news within which a lot of imperial media or international media started to report on africa now years have since passed it it's now post independent africa is almost half a century old and the question is does it still wear the same frame does it still wear the same lens that the international media so much box it into yes there may be coup d'etats on the continent which are happening we're seeing the same in mali but there are a lot of fanciful innovations being carried out by young africans here yes you have corrupt governments in africa nonetheless but you also have some of the best fintech spaces here we talk about mpesa for example so the crisis has always been how do you balance the storytelling so that you actually shed a light on what's happening in africa because a lot of international media's interaction with africa was largely political and also largely through the imperial lens and the colonial agenda with which they used to come with in in the first stance so there's been some challenges in terms of africans being able to now tell their own stories because media has been deplatformed so everyone now has a platform for media access so you can have stories about the kitenge from ghana you have stories about jollof rice in senegal you have stories about the dance festivals in tanzania and all these are now defining what africa should look like and a lot of international media houses are now starting to wake up to the fact that they might be getting africa wrong that they might to start report about africa in positive light because africa has the fastest growing economies africa has the fastest growing populations and very likely will contribute the biggest share of of markets in in the coming say 100 years so that's really where we are at the moment we are in that transit period and it's really important that we have a conversation like the one we're having on the podcast now Yeah and you're right like you know stories on Africa generally are reported in that negative way and yet there's so much success happening on this continent there's you know the innovations and the technology have been notable and it's rare that these are highlighted so how can african media what role should african media play in amplifying these success stories because obviously we can't always rely on western media I think that the first role that the African media has at the moment is how do you in a sense of collectively get the conscience of Africa how do you determine what the conscience of the society is how do people in communities perceive of themselves because a lot of reporting really is a struggle between how other people perceive communities and how those communities perceive of themselves and currently you have a lot of conversation happening about what's the conscience does the young african today see themselves as an african in a continent that's full of bloody conflict and civil wars or does that young african see themselves as a person now currently in an africa of opportunity 
and i think that the latter is is the more prominent at the moment so the traditional media in africa who are not many by the way the traditional media in africa who have both the scale of resources and span in communities to be able to tell these stories have to start by understanding what's the conscience of the african and be able to report that conscience but also it's important that the media is not a whitewash there's a conversation of course ongoing on the fact that africa needs to be reported in positive light but that doesn't mean the whitewash that means that there are stories which we must keep reporting stories on accountability are very important because if governments are not accountable then the opportunities for young africans very likely will dim down if we don't report stories on ending of nepotism in governments we will still have the after effects of civil war and coup d'etats happening on the continent so every day an editor has to make a conscious choice on how do we tell the stories of the continent how do we package them but also how do we then appeal to the conscience of the young african to see themselves and be represented on the media platform in the way that they'd like to be represented and how would you say that african media houses can maybe increase their presence on the continent the first thing now is african media are lucky that there's been a democracy in news sourcing so you can access news sources much easier than you would 20 years ago so you have all this technology that has enabled people to be able to access communities that previously were very hard to access but also you have now more than ever a lot of collaborative reporting across african media you have for example issues happening in south africa which have an implication on uganda so for example currently there's a debate in south africa on how corporations in south africa behave government corporations in south africa behave and how that conversation happens determines how for example Uganda and its biggest energy producer Eskom private energy producer in Eskom how Eskom behaves so you have those interlinkages which provide a platform for you to tell stories across the continent but you also have a growing culture of what people call the aficionado you have young africans who see themselves beyond the boundaries the geographical boundaries that have been put for them So if you look at for example the songs that are the top 10 songs on Apple playlist in Uganda some of them are Nigerian some of them are Congolese some of them are South African very few of the songs are actually Ugandan so there are Africans who see themselves beyond their border points and it's important to report those stories so celebrity culture is now driving a lot of how people perceive and report on Africa in in different communities but also the other now is really the strategic one for editors to start to see themselves as people that can capture the conscience of this young african and help report so how do you have say reporting that's not celebrity lifestyle driven that's not culture driven that appeals to a Ugandan but that reporting has come from Kenya how do you address the anxieties that are happening amongst young africans you have anxieties on mental health across all of africa how do you tell stories in uganda for example that appeal to the young guinean who has a mental health challenge and how do they overcome that challenge so th- those are things that the media now is studying to be able to report but it's also going to be a matter of scale it's going to be a matter of business models 
if you don't have money you will not be able to do this reporting so it also has to be addressing the business models that many african media houses operate in if we move away from the advertising model which forces media houses to report within their geographical boundaries and adopt the content driven perspective on approaching the market then people who purchase content will become our audience and that means you can democratize information all across the african continent shameless plug here nation.africa has become the biggest online media for africa the mail and guardian used to be but now it's nation.africa and it was simple put up content on nation.africa as a platform that appeals to young africans all across the globe so if you are getting content producers onto the platform you let them know that you're not tied down to geographical boundaries but then again these are conversations that are still happening at the moment yeah actually speaking about democratization of of sourcing related to that is obviously digitization and the fact that okay i mean digitization has always been big in media but i feel like covid-19 generally propelled it to another level do you find that there's a change in the way the news is being told globally or on the continent as a result of the pandemic have you seen any advantages on this fast road to digitization and are there any constraints the pandemic sad as it was was a major positive for african storytelling because for the first time you had a problem of scale affecting countries almost equally and affecting them almost in the same ways so if you talk about lockdowns affecting economies economies in in africa were affected almost the same if the lockdowns were affecting the young kenyan they affecting the young ugandan as well affecting the young rwandan and also affecting the young tunisian in the same measure so it allowed for people to share experiences from their countries and that sort of democratized access to platforms but covid also exposed the very shaky nature that the business model of journalism in africa was based on the bigger media platforms in in, in africa were all riding on their legacy newspapers So whether it's the Mail and Guardian in South Africa and their magazine, whether it's the Nation with their Nation newspaper in Kenya, when the lockdowns happened, it became increasingly clear that circulation of those newspapers was going to die. And the virtue of of killing the circulation then forced media houses to adopt digital strategies and it also forced journalists to start to talk to their sources digitally. it forced them to use online tools to be able to get information verify it and report it but then it also exposed audiences to content that they had never paid attention to so right now you're competing a young african is watching netflix as much as they're watching their local broadcast channels in in their countries so that competition is still there but on the inequality side the pandemic has affected access to information for people who did not have say an economic base in the social strata is what you'd call the poor class or the class below the middle class many of them were reliant on radio for basic information and radio became that platform for them but the radio and its news sourcing was reliant on the newspaper and when the newspaper collapsed so access to platforms of radio to deliver information 
also suffered. So now you have an increasing push to discuss how does the journalist in Africa now contribute to access to information for stratas of, of population that have been locked out? How does the radio in, say, a remote part of Tunisia get access to the same information that the BBC has, for example, at their disposal? And that's that's going to be a matter of, of discussion. It's going to be a matter of investment in infrastructure. It's also going to be a matter of, of change in mindsets. And just related to that, in terms of regulation, do you find that regulation of the sector is proving to be a hindrance to growing up digital platforms? So I'll speak mostly for sub-Saharan Africa because North Africa is a little bit more liberal. Majority of the governments in sub-Saharan Africa do not understand the digital economy and still want to tax it in the way that they tax traditional economies. As a result of that, innovations on the digital media space have taken much longer to be adopted because of the fear of taxation. So whilst, for example, you'd have a platform in Uganda, say like the Daily Monitor, which is the biggest website for access for many Ugandans, the taxation model that government applies to the Daily Monitor website is almost similar to the one that they apply to the newspaper. And yet the website doesn't bring in as much revenue as the newspaper does. So you have a regulatory environment which is not catering to the ecosystem within which this digital transition is happening. I know that media houses across Africa are engaging with regulators. I know that there are clauses within the AFCTA, the Continental Free Trade Agreement, that cater towards democratization of access to spaces for frequency radio stations, but also for digital installations. But like all conversations, it's a conversation that's starting because we are in the middle of a crisis. And because we're in the middle of a crisis, not many people are investing themselves in understanding the ecosystem as they are investing themselves in taxing that ecosystem, which is very likely going to kill it. So will the African media transition towards digital media in the next 10 years? I still have a feeling that the big media houses will be able to do that transition, but the critical audiences that require information that cannot monetize their access to information will be affected. So audiences that consume from the radio are going to be affected by this shift towards digital. And we then have to have conversations on how much mobile phone penetration is there, how many internet-enabled gadgets are there across different stratas in different parts of Africa. And that's a conversation that, that can go on for forever. Maybe just to, to give you examples, you have a space like Kenya, which would have about 20 million internet-enabled handsets. And then you have a place like Uganda, where you're struggling to have about 5 million registered handsets outside of the Kampala business district. So a lot of digital environment and a lot of digital journalism will then only appeal to people in the central business district and not appeal to people in other parts of the country. And journalism is a public good. So how do you balance those two competing interests? So Brenda, we we don't have all the answers yet, but I'm lucky and, and I'm happy to say that it's a conversation that's ongoing 
and it's sort of turning to the positive at the moment yeah Raymond, thank you very much for coming onto the podcast. I really appreciate you taking out that time. Thank you so much for having me. I've enjoyed the conversation. <laughs> yeah, no, this yeah, the tables have turned and now the interviewer <laughs> is the interviewer. It's a strange phenomenon for me. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh it's nice to put you on the spot like this for once. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Viewpoints with Brenda. Keep the conversation going. Follow us on Instagram at Viewpoints by BN and follow me on Twitter at Kasabiti. That's K-A-S-A-B-I-I-T-I. To hear more conversations like this, follow the podcast, subscribe, like, and feel free to leave us a rating. See you next time.